0: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. We have been following the story of the Connecticut girls, the uh, track athletes now for a few years, um, particularly since they came to our attention from the Alliance Defending Freedom which is an extraordinarily important legal ministry providing uh, legal services to uh, individuals who have been stripped of their rights, perhaps on the basis of religion or, in this case, based on their own sex. That's right. Women are being canceled as a, as a, as a being. Women are being canceled as just beings. There, is no, there are no longer women, according to the radical left, And this is playing out, again, with an example, uh, with the example of the uh, Connecticut High School Runners. Young women who have been among the best in their chosen fields and events for their entire lives get to high school and then are forced to compete against biological males and all opportunities they had to win championships, perhaps earn scholarships, fall by the wayside because they are forced to compete against males. And this is just a part of, again, the cancellation of women as a sex or a gender. Gender is no longer fixed between male and female. It is whatever you feel like today. And joining us now to discuss... Uh, How this is all playing out with the Extraordinarily Radical Equality Act, which seeks to codify the same, is Christina Holcomb, Alliance Defending Freedom Legal Counsel for the Connecticut girls. Uh, Christina, good to have you back on the air here in Cleveland. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. So we've been following this. Obviously, you and I have spoken before, and I've spoken to other members of, uh, of the council at Alliance Defending Freedom. For those who don't know a ton about the background here, can you give us a, a little reminder of exactly what happened with the girls, with, uh, uh, sure. with, with Selena, Chelsea, and Alana?
1: Sure. Well, starting in 2017, two biological males began to compete in girls' track and field in Connecticut. And not just compete, but they began to dominate girls' sports such that after just three years, those two biological males had won 15 women's state championship titles that used to be held by nine different girls. So that's having a really devastating impact on young female athletes across the state of Connecticut, including ADF clients Selena, Chelsea, and Alana, all of whom have lost out on opportunities to advance to the next level of competition and compete in front of college coaches or lost out on state championship titles or the medals and placements that they rightly deserve. And you know who knows to what extent this has also impacted even their scholarships and college recruiting opportunities. So in early 2020, Alliance Defending Freedom filed a federal lawsuit on behalf of these brave female athletes, pushing back and saying, no, Title IX was specifically enacted to protect equal athletic opportunities for young women. And those opportunities are destroyed when you allow biological males to come in and dominate the female category.
0: So Christina, um, the the boys come in and dominate or the biological boys come in and dominate, what is the justification that the Connecticut High School Athletic Association gave for allowing this decision?
1: Well, they're looking at this purely based upon a person's subjective identity. But you and I both know that, uh, that sports do not exist to affirm anyone's identity. Sports exist as a test of, you know, athleticism and biological strength. And the reason we have women's sports as a separate category in the first place is because we as a society recognize that there are inherent physiological differences between men and women, males and females, that make competition between the two unfair. In fact, some of the science, the most recent science data, indicates that males have upwards of 10 to a 40 percent Uh, athletic advantage over comparably fit and trained female athletes, depending on sport. So these types of gender identity policies simply open the door really to the beginning of the end of women's sports in our country if we don't stand up and protect the female sex category.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and I, I don't think I was being over the top or hyperbolic when I said that it's not just an end to female sports in the country, it's an end to females in the country. Uh, because if you tell people, uh, that, you know, sex is a state of mind, it is just whatever you feel like you are, you cancel women. You, you essentially say you don't exist as, as individual beings or as, you know, one of the two binary sexes. I mean, there are males and there are females and that is, they, they combine to procreate and create new males and females. And if you tell them you don't exist unless your mind tells you you do, then essentially, um, you know, womanhood is canceled. Um, and what I want to know is, where are the feminists? The feminists who used to actually champion women's causes. Feminists were responsible, in large part, for Title IX, which is a great, great you know piece of legislation that does provide equal playing fields and equal opportunities for females. Where are they now when it comes time to defend it?
1: Well, their voices are being silenced on this issue as well. So I'm happy to say that Alliance Defending Freedom has the privilege of linking arms with. You know, women all across the political spectrum on this issue and including radical self-identified radical leftist feminists who recognize that gender identity ideology erases women. And, you know, beyond that, it's really women and girls who bear the brunt of the harm when these types of policies are enacted. So take the so-called Equality Act, for example, that the Biden administration is currently pushing, that. We recently held Senate hearings on just this past week. Mm -hmm. The Equality Act would have a devastating impact on women's rights across the country, not just by allowing males to come in and dominate women's sports, but by simultaneously allowing them into women's safe shelters and domestic safe homes and um, their private spaces, their locker rooms and so forth. So again, when, when we erase distinctions between the sexes, these legitimate biological distinctions, it is women and girls who bear the brunt of the harm.
0: I uh, did a story uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, excuse me, a month ago actually, about a girl, of sprinter, wasn't in Connecticut, but she's a twin, and she was one of the best sprinters in the state. And she's a twin of a boy. So it's twin brother and sister. She said she is one of the best sprinters in the state. Her brother, her twin brother, is not competitive, does not compete in sports. But any time and every time they race, he wins. What does that tell you? Now, these are these are people who share that same DNA. I mean, they split, for goodness sakes, from the same zygote. And, And one of them has male characteristics. One of them is female. The female is one of the best in the state at what she does. And the male, who's not even competitive in his side, wins whenever they compete. If that doesn't illustrate the general unfairness of making women compete with men or girls compete with boys, I don't know what does. And they don't seem to care about fairness anymore, do they, Christina? (laughs)
1: you're exactly right it look it just it serves to highlight again those inherent physical differences between the sexes those science and common sense tell us that males are on average generally taller bigger faster stronger they have more explosive power you know digging deeper they tend to have larger hearts and greater lung capacity denser bones taller longer bones stronger muscles all of these things give them inherent physical advantages when it comes to competition over a comparably fit and trained female athlete. And that, again, is why we have women's sports as a separate category and why we must continue to protect women's sports as a separate category if we want to have a future where young women are able to showcase their talents, be on the podium, earn those championship titles and those scholarship opportunities. <sighs>
0: Christina Holcomb is my guest. She is Alliance Defending Freedom Legal Counsel for the three Connecticut Sprinters we've been talking about who, in uh, starting in 2017, had been victimized, if you will, by males running as females. But let's expand this beyond the scope of just the sports, Christina, and talk about the Equality Act, as you said, that was the subject of a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing last week. Um, the reason we bring you back into the conversation today on this story, which is now going on four years old, is because of what happened. You wanted and uh, your co-counsel wanted the three girls to be able to testify before that committee hearing on the Equality Act, which is about much more than just the sports. They were denied the opportunity to. Can you tell us why?
1: Yes. So even Republican lawmakers wanted these female athletes or one of their mothers to be able to come in and explain to the committee the practical harms of the Equality Act, because our clients, Selena, Chelsea, and Alana, have lived under a similar gender identity policy in the state of Connecticut. And they know that when these policies pass, women and girls lose out. And so they don't want to see the Equality Act nationalize a policy that will be devastating to women and girls. But unfortunately, Democrats flatly refuse to allow them to testify. And frankly, I think it's disgraceful that Democrats allowed a biological male athlete who wants to compete in women's sports to come in and share Uh, that individual's perspective on the issue, and they refuse to hear from female athletes the actual individuals who will be impacted uh, by a law like the Equality Act if it's allowed to pass.
0: There was a student, according to what I've read, who did testify um, for the Equality Act, and it was a 16-year-old named Stella Keating from Washington State who apparently is a male uh, who believes he, he is a female, and said his pronouns are she and her. Um, This person said, quote, right now I live in a state where I have equal protections under the law. He's from Washington State. And as a high school sophomore, I'm starting to look at colleges. All I can think about is this. Less than half of the states in our country provide equal protection for me under the law. What if I want to attend college in a state that doesn't protect me? I could be denied medical care or evicted for simply being transgender in many states. How is that even right? Christina, I, I mean, I want you to respond to that. But just very briefly, my response is, what about the girls? What about the actual females who will be stripped of their rights by this person demanding his rights under what he believes to be his gender?
1: they are exactly right. And, you know, unfortunately, I think the, the remarks that were provided to the committee were patently false in so many different respects. That individual is already protected by laws such as Title IX on the basis of, like, as everyone else, their biological sex. Well, as you mentioned, what we don't want to see is these sex-based protections stripped away from everyone. Again, women and girls are the ones who bear the brunt of that harm. And we know that if biological males are allowed to come in and to take over women's sports, we we're going to be stripping away opportunities that have specifically been set aside and designated for young women. Those will no longer no longer be there for them or protected.
0: Christiana Holcomb is my guest. She is uh, with the Alliance Defending Freedom Legal Counsel for three Connecticut girls that we've been talking about who are young women now, and believe it or not, yes, they're women. Um, Christiana the one of the arguments or one of the solutions perhaps that some people suggest is that why don't they have a separate category? why don't they just have you know males competing against males, females against females, and if you believe you are something other, well, have the transgender category. That will never pacify them, right? Because they will not accept anything other than our own uh, public attribution that they are what they say they are. That a male, we have to say, no, we realize you're actually a woman and you have to compete against other women.
1: Well, there are certainly a lot of creative solutions out there. And I think... You know, lawmakers ought to be looking at those very carefully. But what we cannot compromise is the integrity of women's sports as a separate category. Again, we have it. We must protect it if we want to ensure that the future generations of female athletes can be on the podium and showcase their talents and, frankly, not be sidelined in the sports that they love.
0: How do you argue the hormone blocker type of discussion, you know, that a biological male, but who has been taking hormone blockers to stop the production of testosterone, et cetera, which makes them on an evil, even playing field with actual biological girls.
1: It doesn't level the playing field whatsoever. There have been a number of recent scientific studies that indicate that even after a year to two years of testosterone suppression, that a biological male still has greater strength Um, It doesn't undo that 10 to 40% performance advantage that they have intrinsically over female athletes. And even beyond that, practically, testosterone suppression is not going to undo a male's larger heart and greater lung capacity and denser bones. And the list goes on and on and on. So testosterone suppression is not a solution. Um, We still would have a biological male with inherent physical advantages taking away an opportunity from a deserving female athlete.
0: So if the Equality Act becomes law, it's already passed the House, we know, and now it's up to the Senate, and uh, it's a a coin flip. It depends on whether one or two Democrats have the courage to uh, actually acknowledge that women exist as women. But if it does pass and becomes law, what does Alliance Defending Freedom do next?
1: Well, we will certainly be watching this very closely, and we are prepared to act and file litigation as necessary in order to protect the rights of women and girls. Again, not just in the context of sports, but the Equality Act will impact so many areas of life, including women's homeless shelters and domestic safe spaces, their privacy, uh, creative service professionals, and the list just goes on and on and on. This is a one of the greatest threats to civil liberties and women's rights that we have seen in generations. And the Equality Act must be stopped.
0: See, that's a very important thing as you wrap this up here, Christiana. That is a very, very important point you just made. This is the biggest threat to civil liberties. How offensive is it that they are painting it the other way around, saying this is a civil liberty. This is just as you know, uh, acknowledging a male as a female and a female as a male is just the same thing as acknowledging equal protection under the law for people based on their skin color that's what they're doing they're saying this just takes you know this just takes lgbtq and gives it the same protections as race and who could possibly deny that right
1: it's a deeply offensive comparator and it completely inverts civil liberties on their head look we we absolutely believe that our laws should protect the constitutionally guaranteed freedoms of every single american no matter who they are but laws like the so-called equality act do exactly the reverse they undermine both fairness and freedom And that's why we must stand up, push back, and not allow this this horrific piece of legislation to pass.
0: Yeah, and we didn't even talk about religious liberty, which would also be in serious jeopardy if the Equality Act, which is totally unequal, actually passes. But that'll be a conversation for another day. Christiana Holcomb, Alliance Defending Freedom, thank you for all of the work you do that everybody at ADF does on behalf of all of us who are marginalized and need uh, representation so that our voices can be heard and our rights protected. Thank you so much, Christiana.
1: Thanks for
0: having me. All right. Christiana Holcomb, Alliance Defending Freedom. I always tell you to go to ADF whenever you can, ADFlegal.org, I believe is what it is. I don't have it in front of me now, but I'm doing that from memory. Uh, but if you can't just even uh, look up Alliance Defending Freedom, they are doing such important work. It's a legal ministry. You understand that? It's a legal ministry, which means they base everything that they do in, you know, Christian uh, uh, Christian theology And they are operating on that basis, trying to help people protect their own religious liberties when they are attacked by those with agendas. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.
2: This is Carol Platt-Lebow of Yankee Institute for townhall.com. Graduation is a ceremony dating back to the 12th century. It's equal parts ritual, a unified celebration, and a rite of passage. And now that Columbia University has gone entirely woke... This spring, students there can participate in six different graduations divided by race, by income, and by sexuality. The phenomenon is sadly revealing of our era's outsized obsession with identity politics. How precisely does it serve the message of tolerance and inclusion for the LGBTQ community to have a separate ceremony? Worse, imagine the criteria for inclusion in any of the racial graduations— It harkens back to the darkest eras of American history when having even one drop of non-white blood could relegate a person to second-class status. Graduation ceremonies focused on what divides us rather than on what unites us tears at the social fabric we all should be trying to create in these tense and fractured times. I'm Carol Platt-Lebow.
0: The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, impacting policy decisions today, preparing public leaders for tomorrow.